this show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. I'm your host, Derek Howard. Comic Book Noise can be found at comicbooknoise.com. And it's part of the Deliberate Noise Network. For more details, please go to deliberatenoise.com. If you'd like to send feedback, you can email me. My email address is Derek, is D-E-R-E-K, at comicbooknoise.com. Or you can call the audio comment line at 734-331-0772. If you would like to... Um, Make a donation to the uh, fiscal health of the Deliberate Noise Network. Uh, you can go to comicbooknoise.com slash Patreon. Um, you can be a patron like, uh, I don't know. like these fine folks. Uh, Dave Slusher of the Evil Genius Chronicles, Bruce Rosenberger, Vicious Smith, Rick Hansen, James Johnson, Ken Kennedy, Chris Ivey, Edward Elmore Jr., Dave Levine, and uh, Frankie DeJesus. One of those may be right or wrong, I don't know. And as always, I also like to say a special thank you to all of them, as well as Mike Myers and David A. Price. Michael Street. Thank you, one and all. All right. Um, <laughs> I had a really bad weekend this past weekend. Um, we had power outage. Uh, hottest day of the year. Um, extremely, extremely hot. Um, inside the house, outside the house. Only place it was nice and cool was in the car, right? So, we spent a lot of time in the car charging phones so we could at least, you know, get on the internet, you know, stuff like that. Anyway, one of the things that I decided to do, since I really couldn't watch anything, because um, I'm not using up all my, my mobile minutes, although I don't, I don't know if we have unlimited or not, but I'm not going to take that chance, not minutes, uh, data, data plan on... Um, watching uh, movies or Netflix or anything like that. So I decided to read. That is the beauty of having um, you know a few thousand comic books. You know you always have something to read. And I have a, uh, a pile of books um, that I have not finished reading. You know. Uh so this past weekend, I ended up reading, finishing, I finished the book that I already started. It was the adaptation of Kindred, which is a book by uh, Octavia Butler. It is about a uh, woman in 1976, a black woman in 1976, um, who finds herself somehow transported back to slave days. Okay. And it, it, it's really a very good book because 
in the future, she's married to a white man, and he ends up getting uh, dragged along with her on one of her um, one of her uh, trips back. There's a connection to a young boy there, um, and with her time traveling, whenever she time travels in the past, uh, it could be months or usually years that pass for them, but for her, it could be hours or days, you know, and she has no control over it, um, it's just really good, it's a science fiction book, you know how I feel about time travel, I think it's a lot of bullshit, um, but this one was really good, it was a really good time travel story, on top of just being an excellent story, um, I forgot what company put it out, uh, I bought it at the Motor City Comic Con, uh, a couple months ago, no, it was months or weeks, Oof, months, I believe. Anyway, um, it was in the $5 bin. You know, it has a beautiful hardback, uh, nice uh, slipcover. Um, we take the slipcover off, the, the hardback itself is just really beautiful. It's well written, obviously. It's a, I don't know if it's a good um, adaptation or not because I've never read the original book. And after reading this, I don't know if I could. You know, uh, there's a lot of slave stories. I just, I, I just can't. You know, um, and I thought this was going to be one of them, um, but it really—you could tell that Octavia Butler did her research. You know, um, because there's some stuff that you don't hear in most history classes, right? Now, I was lucky enough that when I was in um, elementary school in the 70s, um, there was a big push for uh, black history to be taught. And in the Detroit area, there, well, the Detroit public school system, there was actually black history class. And it wasn't just for a month. It was like all year long. And we had field trips. So there were... um, places on like the uh, Underground Railroad that happened in Detroit and we went to go visit some of them we visited uh, was a Second Avenue uh, Baptist Church which was uh, really big in getting slaves across the Detroit River into Canada which is why Detroit was such a vital stop um, and so one of the books that they gave us to read a long time ago was called To Be a Slave Right? I wish I still had it because it was like a, uh, an oral history of uh, slavery and it had a lot of details that you know a lot of people like I said to this day don't realize you know um, and I don't know if she read how to be a slave but there are some things that I remember from that book that were in this one you know anyway um, I highly recommend it um if you are a uh, time travel story fan, you will dig it. Um, I'm not at all, and I really dug the story. You know, it was it was painful to read at times. It was uh, really poignant, uh, just downright sad at points. But um, the story itself worked, you know. And I don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm being purposely vague because there's a lot of stuff I do not want to spoil. There's some things where if you um, have 
read books on uh, slavery days, or if you've seen a bunch of movies, you know there are some things uh, that are going to happen. You know, um, there are some images that you're going to see in this story um, because they were real. You know, anyway, anyway, it's called um, Kindred. The book itself is by Octavia E. Butler. Um, and to tell you the truth, I do not remember who um, did the adaptation. I don't remember anything about it. Uh, hopefully, I can follow up on the next episode. But because um, I really didn't even intend on talking about this as much as I did, um, but I really, like I said, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the book that I had planned on talking about is by Ahoy Comics. Um, and apparently this was like their kickoff, uh, miniseries. It's called The Wrong Earth, uh, written by, uh, Tom Payer, Payer, Tennessee Payer. And, um, the, uh, pencils are by, uh, Jamal, Jamal Eigel, and the inks are by Juan Castro. I'm doing this all by the top of my head. And I cannot remember the, the colorist's name. I want to say it's Andy Troy, but that his, his name may not be Andy. I'm almost positive his last name's Troy, though. Anyway, it's um, it, it is once again kind of like Kindred, uh, where the main character, in this case, the main characters, finds themselves in a totally different but um, familiar world. In this case, it's superheroes. There are two um, superheroes on two different planets. One is Earth Alpha, and the other is Earth Omega. Um, on Earth Alpha, which is sort of like the... Uh, they say Silver Age DC, but it seemed to me to be more like um, uh, the Adam West Batman TV show. It was, it was sort of like that, but the hero is uh, called Dragonfly Man, uh, and his um, teen sidekick, you know, his his ward is um, called Stinger, right? And uh, he's fighting against somebody called Number One, who has like this this uh, gang that are all uh, uh, like. Their names are all related to numbers somehow. Um, his uh, sidekick, his main sidekick, his, his gangster mall basically, is called Deuce. And she reminded me a lot of, uh, of Harley Quinn, only not obnoxious. Um, and on Earth Omega, which is sort of like the grim, gritty... Uh, people like to say 80s, but it's like late 80s, early 90s, where it really hit um, DC World, you know, Marvel to an extent. But I always thought that when DC went grim and gritty, because they started off at a much um, glossier point, their descent into grim and gritty was a lot more drastic than Marvel because Marvel always had um, <coughs> like a, a thin veneer of dirt and grime all over it. You know what I mean. But anyway, um, 
and that guy is just called Dragonfly, you know, and, um, he's going against this, uh, this psychopath with a straight razor, also called number one, or it was just called one, I can't remember, anyway, so, the two heroes switch places. Well, the two, they're chasing after the villains and they run through a, uh, a mirror. You know, the villains go through a mirror, the heroes follow them and they end up on each other's world. You know, and that was, that's the beginning. You know, I'm not going to go too far into it because once again, I have the, the, I have the trade and this is a book worth reading. There's a blurb on the front saying, if you love superheroes, you need this book. And if you hate superheroes, this will change your mind. Uh, Mike Millar said that. Um, and it's really, really good. Uh, there's a lot of uh, details and themes and stuff that they went into. Um, I read the um, the uh, the back matter. And basically, they were going to have it. I think it was called, they were going to call them watchdog or something like that but uh jamal i goes like yeah, can we like avoid the the dog motif because <laughs> you know the the dog um vigilante motif because it's you know it's been done a lot including by friends of his so you know they thought more about it and when jamal i went to um uh japan he kept seeing you know, a dragonfly, because, you know, a dragonfly in Japanese culture is apparently, um, you know, imagery of, uh, of a warrior, like, you know, of, 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 of warriors, you know, that kind of grace and that kind of stuff. And so he mentioned that to Pyre, who said, wow, that's weird, because in um, European culture, the dragonfly is seen as something evil that was unleashed by Satan himself, you know, and so it's like, you know what, <laughs> we've got our ideas, right, so one of them is all nice and basically shiny, he works with the uh, police, he has a, a, a sidekick, um, that kind of stuff, and the other guy has a dead sidekick, he's a, he's on the run from the police, um, sort of like um, Batman from Batman Year One, which I was thinking about that, um, when did that change for Batman? Because, you know, when I grew up in the comic books and on TV, Batman worked with the cops, you know? And then for a few years there, he was like a... He was a vigilante, and they were against him. I know that was at least in Batman Year One, but, you know, I don't recall when I was younger reading that Gotham City was as corrupt as it later turns out to be, you know? <clears throat> so now that's just part of um, pop culture that uh, outside of um, Jim Gordon and just a few other cops, uh, Gotham is corrupt, you know? And I don't know when that started, but anyway, so that's what it is with here, you know, Dragonfly Man works with the cops, and, uh, Dragonfly does not, um, the villains that Dragonfly Man has are, like, 
the guys that you would see on the 60s Batman show, you know, they're kind of goofy, you know, they're, there's one who's like a chef, you know, that's his big thing, right, um, there's a guy who's not a Riddler, not a Joker, he's a trivia guy, you know, and it's, it's just really, it's just really weird, it's, it's hokey and it's cheesy, and then you drop this, uh, dragonfly in, you know, uh, the goddamn dragonfly, hey, you know, stuff like that, it's, they said, um, imagine taking, uh, somebody with the, the principles of Silver Age Superman and dropping him into the world of, uh, Watchmen, you know, and at the same time taking the Dark Circle's, uh, Black Hood and putting him in the confines of the comics code. I realize that the black circle, excuse me, the dark circle, um, red circle, no, dark circle, not the red circle, black hood, who was basically your run of the mill, um, the vigilante, but the dark circle, which was like the first Archie book to use the word fuck in it, right? Um, so yeah, it's, it's really a very well thought out, well written book, um, and it's not just one or the other, you know. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Brady Bunch movie years ago. You know, they took these '60s characters and they put them in um, a modern-day realistic setting, you know. And they it was a it was a couple of cheesy-ass movies. I did not like them, um, but you know, people did. And so, you know, that's what they could have gone like that and just focused on, you know, the the good, nice guy in this uh, corrupt world. But at the same time, they took this, you know, this rough guy and they put him in this nice world to see how he reacts, you know. And both of them have some learning curve, you know. Um, and towards the end of the book, you could see how the the different worlds they are on are beginning to change their approach to things which let's face it that's what probably would happen you know you can't put like the Punisher in the world of Archie Comics and have him going around mowing down people and yes I realize that there was the crossover where uh, Archie means the Punisher but you know you know what I mean I mean yeah it's good for a one off but what if Frank Castle was there every day and he saw, you know, basically a lot of kind-hearted people trying to help one another. Maybe he'd soften up. Or maybe, like in that movie Pleasantville, he'll be the corrupting influence on all of us. I don't know. We'll have to see going forward in other issues. Um, did I even say what it was called? It's called The Wrong Earth um, by Ahoy Comics. Really good. Once again, um, I'm glad that the power... Well, I'm not glad that the power went out because it was... Uh, I was, like, marinating in my own juices all fucking weekend. Um, but I was able to get some reading done. I, you know, I read actual books, books, um, and I read uh, some comic books that have been sitting there forever. Uh, I didn't read any individual issues because I'm all caught up on my issues. Um, 
but I'm starting to make a dent in the uh, in the um, the, uh, the the trade paperback slash Kickstarter books that I have, um, and I do owe the patrons a look at uh, Sarah from TKO Comics, which um, guys, thank you, and I uh, will get on that really soon. Um, it's been really really, really, really busy, um, been watching, (laughs) before the power went out, watched a lot of movies, past, uh, a week or so, I've watched, um, Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel, which I liked, um, I watched Shazam with Steven, and we both really liked that movie, um, in fact, that got me to want to read the, uh, the reboot, that they did of the new 52 Shazam. Because I remember when it was coming out, I did not like the changes they made to Billy Batson. Um, he was sort of like the Billy Batson in the movie because, you know, the story was basically that um, that Shazam, the, the new 52 Shazam. Um, but the one in the comics, it was a lot more dislikable than the, than the kid on TV, you know, um, yeah, so I ended up reading that and a bunch of those early, um, Justice League stories, uh, you know, it was, it was all right, I mean, I, I had read them before, um, but to read them again after all these years, it was, was kind of cool, um, I also watched the, uh, one of my favorite all-time kung fu flicks is called Five Deadly Venoms. Well, there's another movie after that. Jeez, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. But it was like the same five uh, lead characters, but in a different story. Um, like like five Venom ninjas or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. But, I, you know, I enjoyed it. Not as much as Five Deadly Venoms, but it was pretty good. I thought, I can't remember, it might have been Jamal Igo who said, it was either Jamal Igo or David Walker, the, uh, the writer of Shaft and uh, Cyborg, who said that, oh, and Naomi, which I can't wait to read, um, who said that he thought that the second movie, it was one of those two guys who said the second movie was better than Five Deadly Venoms. I don't think so, but, uh, I don't know, maybe I need to watch Five Deadly Venoms again. But anyway, um, we also watched uh, oh jeez uh, Aquaman you know the the morning of the day that the power went out um, we watched Aquaman and once again we both liked it we both really liked it there's some there, there were some people who really did not like it they said that it didn't feel like Aquaman all that kind of stuff um, I'm an Aquaman fan I've been one for decades, and it felt like Aquaman, you know, it felt like they took a bunch of different, um, incarnations of Aquaman and tried to make, you know, tried to tell a story making a new one, and, but because, uh, DC has always had a, uh, a multiverse, I guess I'm a lot less rigid when it comes to new, um, uh, I don't want to say incarnations, but 
you know, different um, approaches to characters, especially DC characters, because, I mean, like I said, they, they, they have a multiverse. So all these stories, you know, they're all different guys, you know? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're the same... Any, you know what the fuck I mean. Quit acting like you don't. <clears throat> anyway, um... Well, it started... Oh, no, I'm not going to mention that. I'll, I'll mention that on a different podcast. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I watched all those. And in each case, they had me want to go and read comics. <coughs> but uh, a lot of the um, the comics that I was reading, a lot of my um, Captain Marvel books are uh, digital. <laughs> The uh, DC uh, Universe. Oh, yeah, that's also awesome. that's also right. I um also got caught up on a Swamp Thing, uh, which is on uh, the DC Universe. And once again, you know, I take that back. When I watched the first few episodes, I thought to myself, "Man, they made a they made a mistake in canceling, you know, and announcing the cancellation so quickly. You know, maybe they should have waited to the end, where it would have been disappointing. But a could understand, but now, as I'm watching it and knowing that a lot of these episodes seem to, at the very least, have been edited after the cancellation had been announced, you could tell that um, it starts. It's starting to feel different. There are some major. Um, characters and plot points that they were bringing up in the early episodes that have pretty much disappeared in these later um, episodes. It's sort of like, okay, wait a minute, this character was a big deal and now they're not even mentioned. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And it's like, alright, so they're either going to try to wrap things up as best they can or they just gave up. I don't know which one it is, but... <laughs> It's just how it seems to me. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. What else did I do this weekend? Yeah, so that's that's pretty much what I did. I, I watched movies. I watched uh, a really good TV show. Oh, and this is not comic book related, but on um, Netflix there's a television show called The Dragon Prince. I believe it's made by some of the same people who did Avatar The Last Airbender and um, The Legend of Korra. Um, I really enjoy that show. <laughs> you know, in fact, I was watching it when the power went out. I was watching um episode where they pretty much started talking about how a war began. Um, and uh, power went out. So it's like, okay, that sucks. Um... But yeah, it's it's called Dragon Prince. Um, really, really. If you like the um, Avatar: the Last Airbender and uh, Legend of Korra, this has a, the same feel. Um, some of the same voice actors, but uh, it's not just like a retelling of what they've already done before. You know. Anyway. So that's it. I've, I've recommended a lot because I saw a lot of good stuff. Uh, read a lot of good stuff. Um, but right now I'm done making a lot of noise. A lot of comic book noise. Take it easy.
double. Where's the green?